0: Aloha, you are listening to Chad Ford's NBA Big Board on the Locked On Podcast Network. This episode is brought to you by Locker Room. Download Locker Room app from the iOS app store and find one of our Locked On rooms, Locker Room, changing the way we talk sports. I'm your host, Chad Ford. My guest today is the athletics, Tony Jones. Welcome back, Tony. What's up, Chad? How you
1: doing? Thank you for having me.
0: I'm doing good. I know you're, you're keying in on the playoffs right now, but the regular season is done, and that means actually... Many of the top rookies uh, in the 2020 draft class are done as well. And if the right after the draft, you and I got on a podcast together, we gave like really early preliminary grades for the Western Conference. It's a little bit ridiculous to to grade a draft right after it happened because there's just so much that, that we don't know. But a year later, Still a little ridiculous uh, to draft, uh, to, to regrade the draft after we've seen, even just this year, some of the sophomores dramatically improve. But I think it's worth checking in on the Western Conference right now, seeing what we think about this draft a season later, and uh, getting getting your take. And we're going to regrade regrade this draft. Sound good, Tony? All right, well, let's start. With the Minnesota Timberwolves they had the number one pick in the draft. They drafted Anthony Edwards, won, uh, Leandro Balmaro, 23, uh, made a trade with the Lakers that ultimately uh, landed them, Jaden McDaniels, at 28. I gave him a B-plus on draft night, and uh, primarily dinging them because they didn't take the top guy on my board, uh, LaMelo Ball. Tony, what did you think about their draft on draft night, and what do you think about it uh season later?
1: Okay. I don't remember what grades I gave. I know I gave, I know I gave him a high grade um, uh, for for Anthony Edwards. Um, um, but I'm going even higher. I'm going to give them an A uh, for their draft so far. Anthony Edwards has been, um, I think he's going to turn out to be better than we thought. Um, I think he's, uh, he, his rate of improvement over the season has been. Uh, very 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 noticeable uh, I think he's improved uh, the one thing that that I weren't worried about uh, going into the draft was his ability off the dribble and I don't think he has any issues off the dribble um, he, uh, he's he's a dog uh, I love how he gets after it um, you know but one of the reasons why I want to give Minnesota an A is because of the progress of Jaden McDaniels uh, you know, he's he's exactly what I thought he was, which is uh, a guy who's oozing with ability and oozing with talent. Uh, I was shocked at how good Jaden McDaniels was defensively, shocked. Uh, um, you know, so those two are, are building block players. Obviously, Anthony Edwards has a chance to be an all-NBA caliber player, um, but Jaden McDaniels has a chance to be uh, a guy who's a longtime starter at the at the very least at the NBA level. Um, obviously, uh, Leandro hasn't come over, um, but you know he he's a guy who's who's a point guard slash shooting guard type guy. Real size, six foot seven. Uh, you know, and 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 he fits in as well. Minnesota's uh, future if they handle this right. Uh, they are they have a they have a bright future and if they get lucky in this draft uh, and get one of the top three picks uh, th- that future is going to get even brighter
0: yeah that's crazy to think about if Minnesota who has about a 27.6 percent chance of landing one of those top three picks so you know the odds are, are are pretty pretty stacked against them because of their strong play in the second half of the season but if they if they were to be able to add, whether that's a Cade Cunningham or an Evan Mobley or Jalen Suggs or Jalen Green to this mix, uh, that's crazy. Look, i I was worried about Edwards. I thought I thought he was the best athlete in the draft, but whether he was the best basketball player, even close to it, I think was a major, major question for me. And in the first half of the season, Tony. It was it was a rocky start for him, really low efficiency, all the sort of things that I think we were worried about were coming to the forefront. But after the All-Star break, I mean, his numbers have been insane. He's averaging nearly 24 points a game, five and a half rebounds a game, three and a half assists a game, which surprised me a little bit, shot 45% from the field and 35% from three. Uh, that's Those are crazy numbers. Those are like All-Star numbers. Uh, in the second half of the season. And just to see his progression and and the learning curve and, and how he's improved as a player, I also ended up giving them an A now. Uh, Bomaro is still playing that supporting role in one of the best teams in Europe, FC Barcelona. He's actually improved his jump shot this year, which I think was one of the big question marks about him coming into the draft and why he slipped a little bit in the draft. And I, I, was, high, I was a McDaniels guy. I, I thought that, he slipped a little too low in the draft and absolutely where the Wolves got him at 28 seems like a steal right now, defensively for sure. Uh, what what the way he was able to contribute. And I I think the offense is going to come along as well. And so I I agree with you very bright future in Minnesota. If they can get one of these top three picks, they could be a very, very scary team uh, down the road.
1: Yeah. Agreed. And I, I I just, I agree with you completely. Yeah. Let's, 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 uh Let's, let's go to, are we going to golden state golden state who got James Wiseman
0: at two Nico Mannion at 48, Justinian Jessup at 51. I gave him an a minus on draft. night. I was pretty high on, on Wiseman. Uh, I actually had him ranked number two on my big board behind LaMelo ball, uh, in that same tier with Anthony Edwards. Uh, I, I was okay with this. I thought, okay, it's a stretch. Uh, there, there's going to be a big learning curve there in Golden State. Uh, but this is a need that they have. And if they're patient and develop, it could pay off big for them. A uh, little, little more questionable a, a year into this.
1: Uh, I'm giving them a C. Uh, wow. And, and I'm giving them a C for a couple of reasons that might not actually – that have nothing to do with James Wiseman's actual talent or ability. Uh, because I think he's very, very talented. Uh, I think he has a lot of ability. I'm giving him a C because the way that Golden State has trended towards playing at the end of the season, uh, I, I just don't know if James Wiseman fits into that. They've gone, uh, they've committed to going small. Um, um, they've committed to 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 kind of being aggressive and switching everything defensively. Uh, I don't see James Wiseman being a, a, a switch everything type of center uh, defensively. Uh, he had a lot of issues in drop coverage defensively. Um, uh, so I, I don't know that the fit is, is there. And because of the way uh, Golden State is, is figured out to play and, and figured out how they're going to be successful, uh, it really looks like LaMelo Ball was, was the better pick there. Um, You know, so, you know, I, I think that um, they they made a, a, a pick that, you know, they're going to have to make some decisions on uh, in, in the future, because when, you know, James Wiseman comes back, you know, this roster, which is clearly more suited for 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 small ball, uh, extend your defense, switch everything, shoot a bunch of threes. Uh, is going to conflict with what James Wiseman is actually good at. Um, so you know, I'm giving him a C. And like I said, you know, a lot of that does has nothing to do with actual James Wiseman basketball ability. Uh, and and it's it's just about fit and 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 fit for the roster. And I don't know how well James Wiseman fits what the the Warriors are right now going into the playoffs and what they will be uh, heading into the future.
0: I think that's a fair assessment. Uh, I I think it's way too early to write off Wiseman as a prospect. We knew, given that he essentially missed his entire freshman season at Memphis, that there was going to be a steep learning curve. Uh, it, it usually is for big men anyway, but then when you're on a playoff contender like Golden State, the expectations on him to, to perform were different than... You know Anthony Edwards just roll out the ball and you know let's see what happens, and and so I am I'm, I'm not particularly down on him, but I, I do question the fit in Golden State as you do, and certainly question now that we know what we know about Lamelo Ball, what he would have looked like in a Warriors uniform this year, and and uh, given the his ability to contribute to Charlotte uh, this season, uh, I, I it just seems like both short term and long term. It should have been LaMelo ball here. And and because of that, I'm, I'm dinging them from an A minus to a B minus. It didn't quite go all the way there with the C, but it, it's tough. Uh, Nico Mannion, I think, was about as I expected. Inefficient offensive player going to get roasted on D. Jessup played in Australia this year. Uh, and he played and well. He, yeah, he <laughs> did. He shot 38% from three, 14 points a game, played well. You know, the Warriors like guys that. Are big and can stretch the floor, and so that that could end up being a pretty decent outcome for them with the 51st pick in in, in the draft. And so there's there's still there's still hope there, but I, I think it's pretty clear at this point that it's likely that the Warriors made a, a a mistake here with the second pick in the draft. And it usually seems to be the second pick in the draft. Weirdly, the 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 hit record, the hit rate on the second pick in the draft seems to be. You know, significantly the, one of the hardest ones to get right, Weird, weirdly. Phoenix Suns. Uh, we were both kind of surprised on draft night. Draft Jalen Smith, 10th. Uh, he was not—it wasn't a huge stretch off my big board, but a, a pretty big one. He, w- he was ranked 17th on, on my big board. I didn't like this pick uh, on draft night. I gave him a D. Thought they were picking based off of need instead of a talent, especially with Tyrese Halliburton still there on the board and, and seeing him as what I thought would be a perfect third guard uh, behind Chris Paul and Devin Booker. What grade do you give them when you're or one season later, Tony?
1: I'm giving them an F plus
0: F plus. All right. I've never heard of an F plus before, but okay.
1: Um, and I'm. I'm. This great is solely because they passed on Tyrese Halliburton. Um, you know that I I just, you know, we were incredulous (laughs) on 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 the first pod talking about this, and uh, I'm more incredulous now because um, Halliburton is just terrific, and and uh, you know as as good as campaign has been. Um, Tyrese Halliburton is a significantly better player than campaign and, and campaign has been awesome this year, like really awesome. Um, but you know, there's no way that Phoenix should have passed on Halliburton. Uh, and you know, if, if you, you draft Halliburton, not only do you have a, a perfect third guard or even a fourth guard or wherever you want to play him, uh, you can, You know, he was good enough that you could have played him, Booker and Chris Paul together in the same lineup with Mikel Bridges at power forward. Go completely small around uh, DeAndre Ayton and switch everything. And then you'd have the perfect successor uh, for for Chris Paul because, you know, campaign is good as he's been. And I think campaign, campaign has been one of the best backup point guards in the league this year. He's not Chris Paul's successor. Tyrese Halliburton would have been Chris Paul's successor. And, I, you know, Chris Paul's 36 years old, and obviously, you know, he's still playing at a super high level, an all-NBA level. I voted him all-NBA. But he's not going to play like that uh, forever. And, and Devin Booker's 24, 25 years old. Uh, Halliburton would have been the present and the future. Uh, at the point guard spot for Phoenix. And I just cannot believe that Phoenix passed on him. So, yeah, uh, F plus for, for Phoenix. And, you know, I'm not sure what Jalen Smith's going to be, um, what Jalen Smith's going to be in the NBA. Um, but I'm reasonably sure he's not going to be the same impact player that Tyrese Allabar with this.
0: I agree. I mean, we can we can talk about all the teams that missed on Tyrese Halliburton, and as you know, I was going off on draft night. He was number four on my board, and and I couldn't really under, I, I could understand the Bulls at five, at because of uh, or at four because of Patrick Williams. Uh, but you know, after that, and to me, the two the two biggest you know missed opportunities in the draft was Atlanta passing on Halliburton. And how he could have paired with Trey Young uh, in that backcourt, and then Phoenix uh, again passing on him at ten—it's uh, uh, mind-boggling. Smith ends up playing the fewest minutes by by a lot of any player taken in the top twenty-five. Uh, and you know the interesting thing is, you can see the Suns want to transition him into kind of a face-up, you know, power forward. That's 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 their vision for him. Down the road, but it, it's extremely questionable to me that he'll be able to guard fours in the NBA. He might be able to transition offensively, but I I, I don't I don't see the ability to transition defensively there, and I think that is going to be uh, you know then a likely bust for them at least at least for them with DeAndre Ayton um, planted in the middle there. I'm giving him a D. That's what I gave him on draft night. I'm, I'm just I'm just staying with that. I'm never ready to write off anybody after year one, but this was a pretty atrocious draft, and it's it's so interesting because the because of the way the Suns have played this year, as the, the you know the second best record in the NBA, this part of them screwing up the start of their season or, or screwing up their offseason has really just been sort of glossed over, and uh, it's. It's it, to me. It's pretty mind-boggling because had they done, had they just done this, um, not only would I think they would have even been better this year, because Halliburton would have been able to contribute right away, but as you pointed out, would have been set up for the long, long term. That takes us to San Antonio, uh, who had the 11th pick in the draft and took Devin Vassell out of Florida State, and then Trey Jones at 41 out of Duke. I gave him a B plus. I really liked Vassell. I thought thought he's a an, an excellent three and D I thought he was a great fit for the Spurs I dinged them a little bit on draft night because they passed on Tyrese Halliburton uh, like everybody else did uh, even though I know they had a young backcourt with DeJounte Murray and Derek White and Lonnie Walker and and, and maybe didn't want to go that direction they, they still passed on the best player there what did you think about their draft one year later, I gave them a B plus in 2020. I'm giving them a B plus in 2021. Uh, what did you think of their draft?
1: I'm going to give them a B, B um, because they passed on Halliburton and um, had they draft, this is nowhere near as egregious as what Phoenix did, because there was a clear need there for Phoenix. Um, but, um, you know, if they had drafted Halliburton, yeah, things would have been crowded, but guess what? Halliburton would have been playing over Lonnie Walker. He would have been playing over um, Trey Jones. He would have been playing. Uh, uh, he would have been playing over De- Derek White by now. Uh, that cream would have risen to the top, and Halliburton and 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 Dejounte Murray would have been a really nice backcourt, um, as, as 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 well as uh, as as well as Keldon. Um, and, you know, they would have been set up, you know, like Phoenix, they would have been set up for the future. However, Devin Vassell is really good and uh, he's already a high level contributor uh, for a team that's going to be a playing team. Uh, he's going to get a lot of minutes. Uh, he's going to get a lot of minutes to, uh, on, on Wednesday night in the playing game. Um, uh, he's going to be uh, probably a longtime starter in the NBA. Uh, he's. He's uh, he, he's transitioned offensively. He's transitioned defensively. Uh, he's going to be a really good player. So uh, you can only ding him with so much. You, you have to ding him a little bit because they passed on Halliburton. But um, Vassell is 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 definitely uh, going to be a key contributor on some really good teams uh, in his career. So uh, I'm going to give uh, San Antonio a B.
0: All right, San Antonio with a B. I kept it at B plus. When we come back. We'll talk about the Sacramento Kings, who, in my opinion, had the best draft of anybody in the 2020 NBA draft. A little bit serendipitous, but they have the best draft. You're listening to Chad Ford's NBA Big Board on the Lockdown Podcast Network. I want to talk about our new sponsor, RockAuto.com. It's a family business that's been serving auto parts to customers online for 20 years. And if you think about chain stores and they have different price tiers for professional mechanics and do-it-yourselfers rockauto.com's prices are the same for everybody they're reliably low they'll offer the lowest possible prices rather than changing prices based on what the market will bear like airlines do rockauto.com is for everybody and does not require membership or account login They have everything from engine control modules and brake parts to tail lamps, motor oil and even new carpet. Whether it's your classic or daily driver, get everything you need in a few easy clicks delivered directly to your door. The rockauto.com catalog is unique and remarkably easy to navigate. You quickly see all the parts available for your vehicle and then you choose the brands, specifications and prices you prefer. com And we are back talking 2020 West during conference draft. One season later, our draft grades, we gave, I'm with the Athletics' Tony Jones, we gave our draft grades last year in November, now it's the end of the season, we're re-grading we're the picks uh, for the Western Conference, and if you're interested in reading more about this and my take, you can go over to my new website and newsletter, www.mbabigboard.com, you can get... Uh, an in-depth uh, write-up on each of these teams and what I thought about their draft. There's also mock drafts on there. There's big boards on there. There's scouting reports, uh, everything that you could possibly want over on my new website and newsletter, www.mbabigboard.com. Give us your email and you'll get every post delivered directly uh, into your inbox whenever I post something on the site. Tony, let's talk about the Sacramento Kings. Tyrese Halliburton, twelve. Robert Woodward the second at forty. Jamius Ramsey at forty-three. I gave him an A plus on draft night. I think I would have lost my mind if Sacramento would have been the twelfth team to pass on Tyrese Halliburton. He falls in their lap. It's tough to give him like a great grade for something that really they, you know, it, it was an obvious. It was an no obvious. It pick no, it point.
1: isn't, Chad, because it was obvious for the last 10 teams and they didn't do it i'm sorry
0: go ahead <laughs> all right um a plus uh, obviously halliburton turns into one of the you know two or three best rookies uh in the nba last year i i think i think my argument was that only lamella ball had a better rookie season uh, than tyrese halliburton certainly anthony edwards second half of the season you could argue was better what grade do you give sacramento now
1: I give him an A plus plus double plus
0: two pluses. They,
1: yes, they clearly learned from their Luka Doncic mistake. Just take the best player. Just take him.
0: Take him and and you know there was questions about how he was going to fit and he he same thing when yes. you talked about with San Antonio the cream rises to the top. It didn't take long for Halliburton for the Kings to realize we we gotta we gotta prioritize this guy. We gotta give him more minutes, and he's a great fit, in my opinion, next to De'Aaron Fox.
1: He was a terrific fit. Like he was, um, they were they were great. The, the, the beauty with Tyrese Halliburton is he's impactful on and off the ball. Uh, he doesn't need the ball in his hands to be impactful, and I think that that's I think that's one of his biggest strengths. He is a terrific, he is a monster pick and roll player just makes the right decision almost every time off the pick and roll. Uh, His, his, his jump shot goes in way more than it looks like it should. Um, He's, he stood up, he held up well defensively. He can play any one of the three positions uh, on the perimeter. Uh, You just put the ball in this guy's hands. You run him and run a bunch of pick and rolls. You're going to get a good shot every time. Um, You know, I know Sacramento didn't end their season well. Um, but if they, um, figure out a way to have a good draft, uh, to hit on this draft and and keep building, uh, Halliburton and Fox have the, the ability to be one of the best backcourts in the league. Um, they got to figure something out with buddy Hill. Um, you know, I, I just think Halliburton is, he's terrific. I think he's, I think he's got all-star games in this future. He is a terrific, terrific player. Uh, and I think he's only going to get better uh, as the years go by.
0: If only we could add Luka Doncic uh, to that equation. Um, what, a, what a difference we would be seeing in Sacramento um, right now. Well, Woodward and Ramsey, they are second round picks. Neither play enough minutes to really make any strong conclusions about their future. Unless you just want to make a conclusion that neither of them could get minutes on the Sacramento Kings. Uh, but just just tough to know anything really about their game, given the limited amount of time that they saw on the floor. So let's go to new Orleans, Kira Lewis jr. At 13. I liked this pick on draft night. I gave it an a minus in 2020. Um, thought he was the fastest player in the draft with the ball young for his age. I thought he had potential to be really good. I liked the idea of pairing Lonzo ball with another ball handling guard next to him. Uh, He he wasn't as he was, didn't play as great as I thought he would. I still see a a, a bright future for him in new Orleans. Uh, What grade do you give the Pelicans?
1: Uh, I'm going to give them a B. Um, You know, I, I I think there are fit issues um, there. Um, He's, I think, you know, I I think Lonzo is good, good enough that he doesn't need the ball in his hands. uh, So you could possibly play Carol Lewis with Lonzo. Um, And, and I think, I think I, I think he came along as the season uh, went by um, I like that Stan van gundy kept playing him um, because he hasn't been known to to, to, to really be in level rookies in the past um, you know he's he's got to be better at at key key points of the game he's got to get better at pick and roll he's got to get better uh, shooting the basketball uh, but you can't deny the first step you can't deny the athleticism uh, I think his, his biggest thing is that he's a competitive kid he keeps coming at you uh, I really really like that about him uh, so I give him a solid B I think they that he's a that that he's a guy that I think can be a starter in this league uh, so I, I'm uh I definitely I'm I'm definitely high on him so I, I give him a solid B
0: all right. I gave him a B-plus, a little bit down from the A-minus I gave them uh, on the draft night. You know, One interesting thing about him is uh, his jumper struggle, which is obviously um, concerning. His assist-to-turnover ratio for a rookie was fantastic. Uh, something that you typically don't don't see um, out of young point guards are going to turn the ball over a lot in the NBA, and and he just didn't. And I think he showed some real potential on the defensive end as well. And so uh, I, I think this may still end up being the right pick for New Orleans. I also gave them the A-minus thinking that Eric Bledsoe and George Hill um, would would not stick around. Uh, and, you know, I was half right. George Hill's gone. Eric Bledsoe um, ended up um, with him for the entire season. I, I question whether he'll be there next year. Uh, in New Orleans, and that may open up some more playing time and more opportunities uh, for Keira Lewis. So let's go to the Oklahoma City Thunder. <laughs> um, yes. Oh, my gosh. Uh, the the worst kept secret in the draft uh, was that they were going to get Poku. And and sure enough, with a 17th pick in the draft, after a little maneuvering, they draft Alexis Pokashevsky at 17. Theo Maladon. At 34. Vit Krijic. Krijic. At 37. I gave him a B on draft night. I I like the fact that the Thunder like swung for the fences with some serious upside players that also had major, major question marks about what their fit was going to be like in the NBA. If you're going to rebuild, which is what the Thunder were doing, you might as well go for it. I gave him a B on draft night. I'm, I'm not going to say anything else right now uh, until I hear you um, talk about um, the season that was Poku. <laughs> um, and, and, you know, in fairness, I got to start by saying I didn't know that this guy was going to play. Uh, his his body was so thin and so weak. He seemed like he was a developmental player all the way for a while. Um, ends up getting over a thousand minutes for the Thunder this year. Tony? What is the final word? What's your grade for the Thunder?
1: I am giving them an A. I thought it was all a terrific right. draft. Yes, I am all in on Pos- Pos- Uh um He is—he's a competitive kid, which I really like about him. Um, he's got great ball skills on ball on ball skills. Uh, he's seven foot, but he handles the ball like he's six foot two. Uh, he's a terrific passer. Now he's got major things that he needs to, um, to, to, to improve. Uh, the shot has to improve. Um, the, the body has to improve. He's, he's gotta eat 5,000 calories a day. Uh, he can have some of my calories if he wants. Um, he's, uh, so he's gotta get stronger and bigger. Um, the, the, you know, because he's going, he, he's basically a, a shooting guard, uh, small forward. He's, he's got to learn the pick and roll game. Um, but he does things. Um, there are things that he does that you just cannot teach out of a player. You either have it or you don't, he has some B ball IQ things and some physical things that he does that you just cannot teach. Uh, so uh, it's going to be on Oklahoma City to develop him because he needs developing. Um, but he has he has a wonderful baseline of uh, blend of size and skill uh, that could make him a monster in this league. Uh, but the reason why I'm giving Oklahoma City an A uh, is because Theo Maladon is was has been a lot better than I thought he would be, um, and more importantly, I thought he would clash with uh, Shai gilgeous Alexander in terms of, uh, in terms of playing style, but those two in terms of playing style uh, fit pretty seamlessly. And I was surprised at that, uh, you know, so Maladon, he's going to be a long time starter in this league. Uh, and I think that um, um, that was, that's going to turn out to be a steal. I think he's, he's going to be a really good player in this league.
0: I appreciate the courage in giving them an A. I, I copped out. Completely copped out and gave them an incomplete because I don't have a clue. I'm glad you have this confidence because if you watch Poku one night, he looked like the worst player in the league. And by the way, any advanced stat that you look at rated him literally as the worst or second worst player (laughs) in the entire league. Uh, right. Uh, and so if you're looking at 538's Raptor, if you're looking at win shares, if you're looking at value over replacement player, if you're looking at uh, basketball refs LeBron rating, awful, 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 awful. And those numbers all uniformly point to how bad he was. And so, you know, one night he's scoring four points, shooting two for 11 from the field. The next night he's dropping 21 points and shooting five for eight from three. No pattern to it all season. Not like he got on right, just to have a good night. And, you know, it pop up the last night of the last game of the season. I watched this game uh, and it was Thunder Clippers. He goes off for 29 points, eight rebounds, two assists, shoots six for nine from three and literally is the difference between, uh, the, the Thunder winning that game. I mean, if the Thunder don't win that game without Poku with a, with a big play at the end of the game, which just cracks me up because it hurts the Thunder's uh, lottery chances, um, you know, in the prospect process. If you were to tell me he's going to be an all-star, which he, I don't know that you quite said that, but you said something sort of like unto it. I, I, can, I can buy it. I'm not going to fight you on it. If you tell me that he's going to continue to be the worst player in the league, I I also could buy it. Anyone to me, anyone who knows which to me, anybody who knows which direction this is gonna go, uh, I I just don't believe you. Um, so I'm I'm proud of you, Tony. That 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 you think you got it figured out. I don't um, at all. Uh, and you know, part of it is too. Oklahoma City was able to do this this year. In part, and same with Theo Maladon, which, by the way, interestingly, his story isn't so far off. Um, You're right, on certain nights, he looked like a second-round steal. The advanced stats had him as the uh, third-worst (laughs) winshield of of rookies, dead last in the entire league in the LeBron rating. He actually was the one where he beat Poku, um, second-to-last on Raptor rating, with Poku being dead last. I just wonder, especially if the Thunder end up with you know, one, two more lottery picks come in uh, to this to this situation with Shy Gilgis-Alexander. Um, Dort looks like he's going to, he's going to stick in, in, in there as well. Um, you know, whether all of a sudden these minutes start to go away, the opportunities for them to just come out and do that, whether they start to go away and this starts to look really different, especially if, you know, the Thunder were able to get, you know, Cade Cunningham or whatever. I, I, You know, how all of this works out in the long run, I just think it's too easy to see. They were so bad this year. The Thunder were able to just give them a, a, basically a blank check to go do whatever they want. I don't know that that's going to be the case next year uh, with more talent on this team, um, a healthy Shy Gilgus Alexander back on, on this roster. Uh, Poku played point guard the last uh, game of the season, uh, by the way, and, and he wasn't bad. So um, I, I know that's a cop-out, Tony, um, but I, I don't think there's ever been a player that I've ever scouted and now watched him as much as I watched him this season that I still don't, I personally still don't know what to say. Who's his comp? I don't know. I don't even know who his comp is. Has there ever been a player like Poku in the NBA?
1: As in terms of a big man, just in terms of a big man being able to handle the ball as fluently as Poku um, Ralph Sampson comes to mind. Wow. Now, obvious, obviously, obviously I'm, I'm, this is, this is, Listen, this is, this is not, this is not a Grant Hill situation. I'm not going to, I'm not going, I'm just saying in terms of handling the basketball, I am not in any way, shape or form comparing Poku to Ralph Sampson as a basketball player.
0: So is he kind of a Ralph Sampson, Kobe Bryant hybrid? Is that, uh, because he has the confidence of
1: Kobe. He has the confidence of Kobe. I knew this was going to go left. This is why I tried (laughs) to qualify the whole thing. Uh, I can only, I can only imagine what the headline is. See who reminds Tony of Ralph Sampson this time next.
0: On oh, the and even time. though I said the name Kobe, I'm going to put it on you. <laughs> <laughs> a mix between Ralph Sampson and Kobe Bryant.
1: <laughs> I'm just saying in terms of a, 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 a seven footer, being a, able to handle the ball as fluidly as he does, uh, you know, Ralph Sampson comes to mind. Um, but, yeah, like I said, and, and I tried to say this before, there are major places that his his game needs to improve. Major. So, you know, and he, he's got to be developed. But I think there's a, a real baseline of skill set there.
0: So what Tony's saying is that he thinks he's going to be one of the greatest uh, 10, 10 players of all time uh, someday. It's so funny to people, like, just, you know, add on weight. I mean, have you seen this guy's frame? Like, even his face is skinny. Like, there's... I, I don't, you know, there's some players that I, I don't know that they can put on, you know, the strength and the weight. I, I, I still don't know, but maybe he's going to be so skilled. It doesn't matter anyway. I, I'm I, for Thunder fans that are feeling like I'm, I'm ripping on him. I'm not. I, I, I just don't know.
1: He should be drinking a protein shake and eating a cheeseburger right now as we speak. hope so. Um, who knows what Poku is up
0: to right now? Um, Dallas Mavericks. Josh Green at 18. Tyrell Terry. 31. Tyler Bay, 36. I gave him an A on draft night. Um, part of it was also the the deal that they made, bringing Josh Richardson back. Um, it's uh, it's not going to be an A for me anymore. Uh, what, what's your grade on uh, your 2021 draft grade for the
1: Dallas Mavericks? Uh, I'm going incomplete. Um, I don't think that you can judge them um, off of year one, um, just because... There's nowhere for Josh Green to play um, in the rotation. I mean we're talking about a solid solid playoff team. He did get a few minutes here and there um, but you know he this is this is going to be a developmental pick and you know um, he's this this is a pick that I think you have to judge uh three years down the line as 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 opposed to now so Uh, I'm gonna give him an incomplete. Um, it's, it's just hard. Same thing with Tyrell Terry. And the reason why I give him an incomplete, I think both of those guys are NBA players. Um, I don't know about Tyler Bay. I don't know that he's going to have the ball skills to be an NBA player. Um, but I I think Tyrell Terry and Josh Green are both, uh, NBA guys. Um, so, you know, I, I, I want to see, uh, what happens when, you know, uh, when you know there's a need for them to be in a rotation which uh, may come next year may not come next year but certainly probably should come by the year after wow
0: wow wow the thunder get an a but the mavericks get the incomplete all right yes I, yes i, I, I dropped them to a b and and you know part of this there was a big disagreement in the mavericks war room on draft night between Sadiq bay and and green uh the the mav scouts pushing hard for sadiq bay the analytics uh that that the mavs rely on quite heavily uh put we're pushing for josh green ultimately it came down to the owner mark cuban sides with the analytics crowd and, and everything yeah. that you've said about josh green is right in my opinion uh, i think it's just way too early to know anything he had a hard time getting minutes Defense is ahead of the offense. I think we knew that coming in, you know, the athleticism and defensive abilities are there. Uh, there's offense is questionable and advanced analytics. all sort of play that out, but Sadiq Bay was there. This is a team with playoff aspirations. This is a team that wants to continue to make a big push in the playoffs. And Bay was that guy at this point in the S- draft, that was the guy S- that's S- going to S- step in and be able to play immediately um, for team, given how well he's played in Detroit, this seems like a little bit of a missed opportunity for, for Dallas and look, maybe down the road, this is all going to be Josh Green, just a better is going to have a higher, higher ceiling, and he's going to surpass Sadiq pay, but given all the injury issues that they had, um, it just, it just, I, I'm knocking them a little bit because it seemed to me uh, like there was a guy right there on the board um, that would have been a better fit for them.
1: Well. You know how high I am and was on Sadiq Bey. I thought Sadiq Bey was Chris Middleton. Which Dallas could have used. That's, that's a miss uh, to me. Um, my question is, does Sadiq Bey get the same opportunity in Dallas that, that he gets in Detroit?
0: I, I think the answer is no, because you know he had basically carte blanche in Detroit, but he gets more than Josh Green. does.
1: That is true. I, I think that Sadiq Bey... Cream rises to the top. Sadiq Bay is probably in the rotation by now in Dallas. That's in some level. So I, I definitely agree with you there.
0: Denver Nuggets. Zeke Naji, 22. RJ Hampton, 24. Gave him a B- on draft night. I like the Hampton pick more than the Naji pick. They end up trading RJ Hampton, uh, by the way, uh, at the trade deadline uh, for Aaron Gordon. Uh, that wasn't the only only guy in the deal but um he he went to the magic as as part of that deal for for Aaron Gordon what do you think about their draft now in 2021
1: I'm giving them a b I like Zeke Naji. um the the few minutes that he was able to carve out in the rotation I thought he showed well um um I thought it's I think it's going to hurt Denver down the line trading RJ Hampton because I think RJ Hampton uh, was a lot better than I thought he was. And I think he's going to be really good in Orlando. Um, but I do like Zeke Naji, um, And I actually like Marcus Howard as well. Uh, they didn't draft him, um, but he's part of the uh, rookie class. So um, I-, I like him as well. Um, so I- I'm 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 going to give him a B, a solid B.
0: I also gave him a B. I went from a B minus to a B. Uh, Naji. Nagy- He wasn't much of a rebounder shot blocker. I think that was the concern coming into the draft. He actually surprised with some really solid three-point shooting uh, for them as a a stretch guy. I think he ended up averaging something like 38% from three, uh, which is really nice. I, I liked Hampton a lot but I, you know, I, I can't fault the nuggets for using Hampton as part of the trade bait to get Aaron Gordon, which I th- I just think Aaron Gordon was right. a really nice fit in Denver. And so he becomes an asset and they're are using that. And and Marcus Howard was a guy that I was shocked wasn't drafted. He was the best scorer in, really in the entire draft last year uh, coming in. he was so undersized. And that was the, you know, huge question mark about him was, you know, he's five, five, 10, five, 11. Uh, but yeah, he's, he's shown some flashes uh, towards the end of the season that make, make him really interesting. Okay, when we come back, Tony's going to be on the clock with the Utah Jazz. You're listening to Chad Ford's NBA Big Board on the Locked On Podcast Network. I want to talk to you about my favorite protein energy bar. It's Built Bar. And... The thing about that I love about Build Bar is it is the most delicious bar that you're going to be able to get it. It tastes like a candy bar. It's significantly more interesting to eat and taste than any other bar that's out there. It has a ton of of flavors. There's caramel brownie. There's cookies and cream. There's cherry barcia. Lemon almond cheesecake is a favorite. um, Carrot cake. Apple almond crisp is one of my favorites. And then... Those, those are the new flavors, and there's like 12 original flavors, coconut almond, raspberry, German chocolate, peanut butter, banana bread, mint brownie. That's another one of my, my personal favorites, salted caramel, double chocolate, orange, toffee almond, coconut, and peanut butter brownie. All of them are covered in 100% chocolate. They're not chalky or hard. They're actually soft and easy to chew. Uh, they My kids love them. I have to fight my kids to keep them away uh, from the built Bars because they, they think they're candy. And trust me, they have never wanted to eat the energy or protein bars that I've ever had before. Uh, I use them because I'm a runner and, and I love them because they give me uh, energy and they they have low calories, they're low sugar, uh, they're high protein, they're high fi- fiber. If you're on the keto diet, um, which some of my family members are, uh, it's, it's great as well. Go to builtbar.com. use promo code LOCKED15 and you'll get 15% off your next order Use promo code Locked Fifteen for fifteen percent off at Bill Bar. And we are back talking two thousand twenty. NBA draft Western Conference regrade. One season later, I'm with the athletics, Tony Jones. We're regrading every team in the Western Conference. And if you're interested in digging in more and reading more, you can go over to my new website, www.nbabigboard.com. Uh, my grades are all up over there. You can also get podcasts over there. You can get mock drafts, big boards, uh, scouting reports. If you give us your email, we'll actually email that to you whenever we update anything. NBA Big Board. Dot com Tony you cover this team there's some skin in the game here it's the Utah Jazz uh Doka Azabuke at 27 Elijah Hughes at 39 I gave him a B plus on draft night I think you were similarly you know impressed with their draft it's a year later what do you
1: say uh I'm giving them a C plus um But I could also give him an incomplete. Um, um, Yudoka Azabuki was drafted for three years down the line. Uh, He was not drafted for this year. He was not drafted for next year. Um, So, you know, that that part is an incomplete. Um, Even with, you know, knowing what I know in terms of how much the Jazz liked him, uh, in terms of how high he was on the Jazz's draft board, I mean, he was very, very high. Uh, the Jazz really liked him and they, and they still like him. I still would have drafted Jaden McDaniels um, just because uh, I, I just thought that McDaniels was, was, was that talented. Uh, and if I didn't draft Jaden McDaniels, I would have drafted Desmond Bain uh, because I think Desmond Bain would have been good enough to, to mm. find his way in the Utah's rotation um but um you know like i said uh covering the jazz i know that they really like him i know they're really high on him i also know that they're really high uh on on elijah Hughes. um this you know neither one of those guys uh saw uh anywhere near a lot of time this year uh asabuki was out for uh, a huge chunk of the season with a se- severely sprained ankle uh so he missed out on a lot of development, uh, especially in the G League bubble. Uh so that's much to the chagrin of the Jazz. Um, but I also thought that the Jazz uh got a nice steal in Trent Forrest, which is why I didn't go incomplete and which is why I didn't go why I went C. Uh I think Trent Forrest uh, has a future in this league. Uh he's a really good defender, uh, he's a really good pick and roll player. Uh, but you know, his his um Future in the NBA is going to have it's going to depend on how and where he gets his jump shot to because his jump shot right now is probably at the ground floor, Uh, so that needs to improve tremendously. But uh, in terms of other skill set, he has two really definitive NBA skill sets with the ability to defend and the the ability to run pick and roll. Uh, So that that's why I didn't go incomplete. That's why I went C plus because. Uh, I think Trent Forrest is a steal, uh, but you just don't know enough about Izabuki uh, or Elijah Hughes right now because um, those two did not see a lot of time at all. And, you know, like, as we all know, the Utah Jazz are, are, are the best team in the league record wise this year. So it's going to be hard well, and near next to impossible for any rookie to, to come in and, and command minutes. On that
0: team, I also gave him a C plus. I'll defer to your analysis. Obviously, covering this team day in and day out, you know them better than anybody. Uh, I, I would say that the one thing that I thought was a little odd is, you know, the thinking on draft night that we talked about is, look, you know, Tony Bradley was the weak link for Utah coming off the bench in the playoffs. Um, they needed to bring, you know, they needed to address that. Uh, Azubuke seemed like a, an intriguing person to address that, but then they signed Derek Favors in free agency. Uh, a little while later and, and because they signed him in free agency, they're exposed a little bit with that athletic wing uh, defender. And, you know, whether that was Desmond Bain, um, I mean, interestingly, they picked him up undrafted in Trent Forrest, because I think that's a lot of what he brings to the jazz right now. Um, You know, whether they could have gotten more value at that pick, I understand they're drafting him for three years from now, but this team is also, you know, trying to compete for a championship now. And that, that used up an asset Um, That essentially is useless for the next couple of years, but Derek favors in the roster. And so that's the only reason that I, that I ding them a little bit is that there may have been a better use of that asset. It's not really a condemnation of Azabuke or who he may be um, down the road. Let's go ahead and talk about Memphis. Uh, Desmond Bain at 30 guy. You really liked Uh, Xavier Tillman at 35 gave him a B plus. On draft night, they deserve higher grade, right, Tony?
1: I'm giving them an A+. plus. Um, we are talking about two uh, high-level uh, rotation guys uh, in their rookie year um, on a play-in-slash-playoff team. Um, and those guys are two pieces to to the puzzle. And Desmond Bain is going to be around for a long time. He is a shooter. Uh, he is a blender. He is a ball mover. Uh, he is a defender. Uh, he is a mature kid. He's a competitive kid. Um, he stepped. he, he was, uh, you saw him, you saw his impact coming a mile away. You just knew that whoever was going to draft him, that that kid was ready to play right away. Uh, Xavier Tillman, uh, you know, we knew in the draft process that he was a grown man and that he was ready to step in and play right away. Uh, And it was in in Memphis. uh, They just went and snapped both of those guys up and and plugged both of those guys into the rotation. And I think that those guys are going to be Memphis Grizzlies, a part of the Memphis Grizzlies for a long time. Uh, This is a home run draft for them. Uh, to get those guys at 30 and 35 in the draft.
0: I also gave him, uh, I think him A plus, but I gave him an A. And, you know, Bain and Tillman tied for fifth among rookies in win shares. Uh, Tillman was fifth in value over replacement player. Bain landed eighth in this draft class. Um, maybe you're right. Maybe the reason they slide for both of these players is their upside's a little limited. But on a team like the Grizzlies, they got two high-level contributors in a team that's pushing for the playoffs, I think this this would be your argument, maybe why the Jazz Jazz could have approached the draft differently and gotten Bane and gotten some of that um, production out of him. Bane shot forty three percent from three this year, by the way, folks, uh, and it, it was on a significant volume as well. That's that's a huge number, um, especially for a rookie. And Tillman, just a gritty defender. Uh, I again, I think this this was a home run of a draft for the Memphis Grizzlies. Rare that you are going to get. Pick thirty and thirty-five, and and I'm I'm pretty confident both those those guys are going to be in the league for a really really long time. Let's go to LA Clippers. Daniel Laturo at thirty-three, Jay Scrub at fifty-five. I gave him an A minus on draft night. You didn't really get to see much of these guys all season, but if you watch the Clippers the last week when they decided to tank it, uh, so that they didn't, uh, so that they would be a fourth seed instead of a third seed. You got plenty of Daniel Laturo and Jay Scrub. And on the the final game of the season, Daniel Laturo took 21 shots in that game. They were ISOing him late in the game and just letting him <laughs> try to, I, I think, confident that he wasn't going to beat the Thunder. Uh, Jay Scrub also getting big minutes the last few games of the season. Uh, what do you think about these guys?
1: So if you're the the if you're Ty Lu, if you're the Los Angeles Clippers, how do you go to Daniel O'Toro and tell, them that, tell him that, hey, we, we really like you? How do you look him in the eye and say that? When, you know, it was very obvious that they used him to tank. You look at
0: him and say... Uh, look, we didn't really need these wins, so we wanted to give you an opportunity and give you a chance to show us what you have for next season. So that that's why we did it. I mean, I, I don't think that's why they did it, but I, I'm sure that's the
1: the way they're, they're
0: going to spin it for both of these guys.
1: Okay. Uh, I'm just wondering. But um, I'm going to give them an incomplete, um, you know, similar to the Utah Jazz. This is nowhere for these guys to play. Um, you know, it's a veteran-laden team. Jay Scrub is a real talent. I think Jay Scrub has a chance to uh, to 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 be a player in this league. Um, you know, I really like him offensively. Um, you know, so but I mean, you know, a lot of these playoff teams, you know, you know these guys are already nine deep, ten deep in terms of rotation guys. Uh, there's just little to no room for a rookie to come in. Uh, and 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 contribute in a meaningful way, and I think the Clippers are one of those teams. Uh, so I'm gonna give them an incomplete.
0: I gave, I gave him a B. Uh, I, I thought both of those players showed enough talent that you know you you keep an eye on them uh, down the road, and whether they're they're uh, they're they're showcasing them for trades or or what have you, uh, you know, <laughs> O'Turo the 21 shots in those last game that was nearly half the shots he'd taken the entire the entire season. Dude was, dude was winded <laughs> at the end of that game, um, as well. Um, Portland trailblazers, CJ Ellaby gave him a draft grade
1: of B. Uh, what do you think? Uh, I'm gonna go see, I actually like CJ Ellaby. I mean, I think he's long, he's athletic, uh, uh, you know, his shot has upside and, and, you know, I think that he showed enough that he's going to be around. Um, you know, I mean, he you know, he's he's got to get better defensively, uh, you know, not dissimilar to Poku. I mean, he's, this is not as extreme as Poku. He, he, he needs a real um, summer in the weight room. Um, but, you know, I, I like him. I think he's a talented kid and I think he's, you know, I, I'm not sure if he's going to stick long term, but I definitely think that he's he's intriguing for me.
0: Uh, you know, interesting. Um, he wasn't in my top 60 and, you know, based on the limited minutes I saw, I'm not not sure he sticks, but you also have to remember that the Blazers traded their first round pick on draft night for Robert Covington, which I think was a pretty good deal, uh, ultimately for the Blazers. And so they converted that draft asset, um, into a starter in Robert Covington, who I think has helped them, uh, this season and was a good, good fit in Portland. And so that they're getting a B for me, but it's primarily because of that, not because of L Let's go to the Houston Rockets. I mean, they what a crazy draft night the Rockets had. I mean, we, you know, Russell Westbrook, you're not sure what, what he's going to do. James Harden wants out. Um, they were holding out, maybe thinking that, you know, we'll keep these guys around and, and wait them out. Uh, they, they make all these moves on draft night that were really confusing. They end up with just one pick this year, the 52nd pick Kenyon Martin Jr. Uh, was that pick. Ultimately they end up trading Westbrook they end up for John Wall. They end up trading Harden for a plethora of draft picks and Victor Oladipo, who then they end up <laughs> turn, uh, trading. Um, Martin's the only guy that, that they drafted, uh, though it wasn't the only guy that played for them this year that was a rookie uh, and in the second half of the season, he played really well uh, for Houston, got his opportunity, a uh, great opportunity for a second round pick given where Houston, Houston was tanking. Uh, what did you think about this draft uh, for the Rockets?
1: I gave him an A plus. A plus. Um, yes. Because of Jay Sean Tate. Mm. Um, uh, Tate has come in and, and he's going to be a NBA player for a long time. He's a, Competitive kid, um, you know he's he's kind of like PJ Tucker with a with with a handle. I mean, I'm not you know he's he's not quite the defender that Tucker was, not the shooter that Tucker was, but similar kind of guy. Um, he's he's a guy that I can envision being a key contributor for uh, a contend uh, NBA title contender. Uh, and I thought Kenya Martin Jr. was uh, a lot better for the NBA game than I thought. Um, uh, he's 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 another guy that's got upside that that I think can stick in the league. Um, his his athleticism is is top tier. Uh, he is an elite NBA athlete. Uh, so you know I think that he's going to be a guy that's going to be around for a while. Uh, so I, I give him an A plus. I thought. Um, I thought, you know, getting J. Shaw Tate in his rookie class uh, w- was was a steal. I think he's going to make all, uh, all rookie. Uh, so I, I think that they had a, a, a you know, I, I think for everything that went wrong, uh, those two, those two were, were two things that went right for them.
0: Uh, I agree with you. I, I I did a B plus, but um, you know, for those same reasons that I ultimately think that Martin, uh showed much more promise than we thought. And Jay Sean Tate, uh, even though he wasn't drafted. And so, and technically you can ask the question, if he's so great, <laughs> why didn't the Rockets take him? Uh, 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 you you know, they still picked up an asset from this rookie class. And, and I think you're right. I think that he looks like he's going to be a long-term keeper in the NBA. We can briefly talk about, uh, so I ended up with a, with a B plus, went from a D to a B plus. So big upgrade. Uh, we could talk a little bit about the Lakers. Uh, they were the original team that, draft the McDaniels before they ended up, um, you know, sending them, sending him out uh, the Lakers in, in all that messy trade end up getting Dennis Schroeder. Uh, but yeah, they, they don't have a draft pick, but just sort of acknowledging um, what they used that asset for to get Dennis Schroeder, which I think uh, was a good, good asset for them.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Um, I have my questions of whether Schroeder will be with the Lakers next year um but you know i mean uh, obviously getting him was 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 good for this year uh we'll see what happens in the playoffs um you know but the lakers you know they typically you know um you know they're one of the teams that don't need a draft because you know they they they're always uh so flush uh in terms of free agency and and assets and and money and and the ability to, to pull off Uh, mega trades um, because of the market that they're in so you know they can get away with not having a draft and and kind of figuring out from there and it doesn't hurt for them to have LeBron and Anthony Davis so um, you know you know they they get a de facto B I give them a de facto B a default B because, you know, that's just where they're it.
0: All right. He's Tony Jones of The Athletic. Tony, really appreciated coming back and looking at uh, the 2020 draft a season later. Um, we'll have you back as we get closer to the draft to talk uh, about the 2021 NBA draft.
1: Yes, sir. I appreciate you. Thank you for having me as always.
0: Tony Jones of The Athletic. Check out all of his stuff there. He's got everything covered, Utah Jazz, but just has a wealth, wealth of knowledge over The Athletic. You're listening to Chad Ford's NBA Big Board. On the Lockdown Podcast Network, aloha.